Hey there, I'm Donnie Spano and I welcome you to our broadcast today. And today we're looking at a certain series we're uh, impressed at entitled How to Help. And today we're looking at what is, you could say, who to help. And, um, well, yes sir. Who to help and how to help, which is as to the Lord. Now go with me, if you will, to Ephesians the 6th chapter. And um, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. And when it comes to how to help, it can make a big difference in who we're under. Uh, when you're looking for a job, when you're looking, it needs to be more important than just how much money will I make. Um, it's when we're looking at these things, we'll find if we'll be led by the Spirit of God that um, we're going to be accountable to helping those people uh, do what they're called to do in the way they're called to do it as to the Lord. You want to make sure, we want to make sure that we are hooked together with the right people. And there are times where a simple change in leadership, change in management, uh, we need to be okay talking with the Lord and allowing Him to talk to us about adjusting ourselves. There are times where any place we work, anything that we do, we do it first and foremost as to the Lord, which means if it's coming in between us and Him, then there needs to be an adjustment made. Not just any adjustment, but what He shows us to do. Now here in Ephesians 6, we find we get these instructions in the home. And here, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants. Now, we don't have, you know, this is in days where slavery was still in, uh, was still going on. Uh, servants in this context would be employees, uh, hired help. Be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord, and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And you masters, now again, this is em employers, this is managers, this is, uh, you could say presidents, CEOs, corporations, what have you, masters, do the same things to them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, Neither is their respective persons with him. So we see in each of these contexts how each is to be a help to the other. You see children, how they're to help their parents in this way. Fathers, mothers, how they're to help their children in this way. Employees, how to help your employers in this way. And employers has a part in how they're to help. But it's all not pleasing men, 
but it's doing the will of God. We see here as to the Lord and not to men. Now let's look at Colossians because it also brings this out. Colossians 3 verses 18 through 24. Colossians 3, 18 through 24. Now, if you haven't been able to listen to previous um, regarding this broadcast, we've talked about who is called to help, that all of us have a helps ministry. All of us have been called of God to help in the body of Christ and the Lord Jesus himself. Every ministry that is going on in the earth today is a helps ministry to him. He is the high priest. Um, thank you, Lord. And so, this being the case, we've also then looked at the helper, that you and I have the Holy Spirit who is the best helper you could ever have. And he doesn't get um, upset by being called the helper. And he doesn't get upset if we call him in to do even seeming small things like, which tie should I wear today, you know? Which, you know, women, you know, how should I do my makeup? What? He's not going to get upset and go, Psh, I don't got better things to do. Got billions of people in poverty right now, and, and you're concerned about your makeup. Come. It doesn't fret him at all. And he can do that and that. Doesn't even, <laughs> doesn't even hinder his power at all. This is the helper. Hallelujah. And so now here in the 18th verse of Colossians 3, we see wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Don't you like that? Heartily. Do it with your heart. And it continues and says, As to the Lord and not to men knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. The heartily. When we are helping someone, we're helping someone in whom God has touched their and our heart. That's the only way that you and I can serve heartily. There are those that wonder, why have they not done more in, in the places and positions they've been. They thought they should be further along they are in, in that corporation, in that organization. They have not been doing it heartily. Their work and what they've done has not been of heart. And if, if our heart's not in it, it will show. It will show in how it comes out. It will show in the, in the product. It will not be what it ought to be. And, and we noticed each of these parts, where, where is it touching? Our home, our relationship with our husband or wife, our relationship with our children, our relationship at work. If our heart is not in it, then we're not being the help God has called us to. And if we're not being the help God's called us to, then that means the helper 
who's right there to help us do it in the way it ought to be done, he's not being given the task at hand. He's helping us to do what? You see, because he is looking for us to get it in our heart to do what God showed us to do and the way God showed us to do it. And then he is right there to enable us and help us and cause that work to be done. But if we don't have it in our heart, he has nothing to help us with. Now, let's go together, if you will. Let's go to 1 Kings 19, verses 9, and we'll, we'll read up through 21. 1 Kings 19. We're going to look at Elijah and Elisha. And I believe this is a uh, wonderful example of how to help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First Kings 19. Yes, sir. And um, I said verse 9. Is that okay, Lord? Okay. So here we see that um, this is speaking of Elijah. And he came there to a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What do you hear, Elijah? Now, okay, I won't then. All right. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent. It broke the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But what? The Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Hallelujah. You and I are not going to be able to help the way we're called to and fulfill the plan of God if we do not find out how to be led by the Spirit of God. And this is, notice that all these big, grandiose workings are occurring. There's natural seeming disasters going on. You have heavy wind, right? You have fire, you have earthquake, and God's not in any of it. That's seemingly boisterous, that's seemingly loud, and God's none of that. But then He simply speaks. And in that still, small voice, the prophet of God gets His answer. And now you have to understand, the prophet of God here, he thinks he's the only one left. We're going to find out that wasn't the case. So he's not seeing it clearly. This is God's man. And he needs to see it a different way. And, um, yes, sir. Let's continue. Here in the 13th verse, it says, And it was so when Elijah heard, so he knows this voice, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What do you hear, Elijah? 
And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you come, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall you anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Mahala, shall you anoint to be prophet in your room. So he is being directed of God to anoint these three. Two to oversee these nations and one to be his replacement in the office of the prophet. And let's continue, 17th verse. And it shall come to pass that him that escapes the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. See, so he wasn't seeing it right. There are still 7,000. All the knees which have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. So he departed from there, and found Elisha, the son of Shapheth, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. Hallelujah. And he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him, and cast his mantle upon him. Elijah is doing his work. God was able to find him diligently, faithfully doing his work. And this is the place in which Elijah found him. Elijah found him doing his duty, doing what he was called to do. And how was he doing it? He's plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen. He's with the 12. I think he was doing it with his heart, heartily, as to the Lord. I think that's why God could use this man. Check for yourself. And Elijah passed by him, cast his mantle upon him. 20th verse says, And he, speaking of Elisha, he left the oxen and ran after Elisha and said, Let me, I pray you, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he, this is now Elijah speaking, Elijah, and he said to him, Go back again, for what have I Say that with me. What have I done to you? What have I done? Elijah knows that this is the young man who is to replace him. God told him to anoint him in the room of the prophet. He's to come behind him. And so he comes across. He knows this is the one. He throws his mantle on him. And keeps going his way. And immediately, Elisha stops what he's doing, changes gear, and goes after. You can see why God could use him. He's leaving his family. He said, just give me a moment. Let me just say goodbye to my folks. Let me kiss my dad and my mom. Let me, let me leave well, and I will follow you. And this is very important. We're talking about who we help and how to help. The only way it can be right and good before God is if it's heartily. Something occurred. When Elijah threw that mantle on him, 
something happened in Elisha's heart. Inside him, he had a knowing there was something he was to do. And this has got to be there for us. We have to have it in our heart to be helping this person, helping this place. Elijah was impressed by God to make it very clear. I did not do this to you. I have not called you. You know, there is no person, no matter how great before, no matter how much of an elder, no matter how faithful they've been to the plan of God, they can't call you. They can't call me. God alone can call us to the work He has for us. He alone can make way in that job that you need. He alone, He alone. And Elijah's making that very clear. He's saying, what have I done to you? I have not done this. I have not called you. I have only done what God has told me to do. And the 21st verse says, And he returned back from him, this is Elisha, and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave to the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and he went after Elijah and he ministered to him. He's leaving all he knows to enter into what he doesn't. And I believe what he knew was going to help him in that. But you're looking at how to help someone. This is, this is very important. For the time that we're helping them with theirs, we are not doing ours. We cannot fully help them with theirs and be doing ours at the same time. In this generation, it is a common misconception that we can multitask and we can heartily do for them with theirs and still do ours at the same time. You cannot, we cannot heartily as to the Lord, can't be on the job and on Facebook at the same time. Not, if, if they have not directed me to put that on social media, and do that right there, then I'm taking that time. I'm not doing this as to the Lord. I'm not doing it heartily. I'm not. And, yes, sir. We find if there are not things of ours that are left undone for the moment, things that I need to get to later, because why? Because I'm to help them with theirs, and I'm making a choice. I'm choosing them and theirs. I'm leaving me and mine. That's what he did. And if you and I are going to learn how to help, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to be okay with those dishes waiting for a moment. We're going to have to be okay with our lawn being mowed later, with our things being set aside for a moment. It doesn't mean we'll be sloppy. It doesn't mean that we'll live in a disorganized fashion, but it does mean we'll know and we'll prioritize. And when them and theirs comes up, we put, understand this, them and theirs is who God put on our heart. Help them 
this help them? Yes, sir. So then when we set aside our things, it's for the Lord's things. It's putting His things first. It's seeking first the kingdom and His righteousness. And it's putting their things before our things. And our things will get taken care of later. It's a sacrifice of self. And if you and I will not do that, then we will not be a good help. And we will not learn how to help. We won't be in position to. Now let's continue. Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. I am so thankful that the Lord has allowed me to see more of this. And I know there's so much to see. And I have so much to learn. Especially in this way. But I'm thankful that God is showing me, showing us. And as I'm seeing more and more of it, and as I'm being allowed to grow in this, yes, sir, I'm seeing that this is a reason why some have not, they're not doing what they've desired to do. They're not reaching the places they've desired to. They're not, they're not expanding. They're not enlarging. If you and I are going to enlarge our tents, we're going to have to go and take the stake up and move it further out and expect to reach more and to do more. There's going to have to be a point in which, and I've sensed this, I sense when you and I go to help, we're sowing a seed. We're giving of ourselves. That's what Elisha did. He said, I'm setting mine aside and I'm giving of myself. I'm sacrificing mine for yours. And then it, the scripture said he ministered to him. I'm not going to do my thing. I'm going to help you with your thing. This is a seed sown. And many, they want to have that kind of help, but they've never given that kind of help. So they're wondering, when is this going to get done in our church? And when is this going to get done in our business? And man, that should have been done months ago. And they're thinking, where's our help? And I sense the Spirit of God's going, when are you going to give it? God's going, when are you going to sow some help like that? I got plenty of good people that are over you in this kingdom and they could use some good help. When are you going to give some of that? When are you going to learn how to help? You can't reap where you have not sown. And when you and I are sowing as to the Lord... It's heartily. We're not even considering, I have to harvest this 20 years from now. I have to harvest off this in the next 50 years. When there's this love for God, you'll do what He tells you to do. There's not a concern about, you have to harvest this. There's not a concern about, are you setting yourself up good for the future? It's nice to know, but that's not most important. And you'll see that here. Let's read it. Second Kings, and we're looking at chapter 2, and we're going to look verses 1 through 15, I believe. And here it says, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah to heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elijah, Tarry here, wait here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. 
And Elijah said to him, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Now, he's being asked, he's being prayed to stay. And here he's saying, please, let me go with you. I, I, I won't leave you. I'll, I'll stick with you. And um, let's continue. And so they, so obviously this wasn't an issue. They went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said to him, Do you know, know you that the Lord will take away your master from your head today? And he said, Yes, I know it. Hold you your peace. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, tarry here, wait here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elijah. What you and I say when, yes, sir, when they're not around is vital. Elijah was not there. Elijah was not there when Elisha was talking with these prophets at Bethel. He was not there when he was talking with these prophets at Jericho. The Lord is watching this. He's watching these conversations. He's watching what's in the heart. He's watching on how we're helping. He's watching. And uh, here in the fifth verse it says, And they said to him, Know you that the Lord will take away your master from your head today? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Hold you your peace. And Elijah said to him, Terry, I pray you here. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. It do us good to say that. For those that we are called to help as to the Lord, we need to have this in our heart. I will not leave you. I won't leave you. That's what the Helper has said to us. That's what God has said about him. He said, he will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And for those that were to help as to the Lord, we need to have this in our heart. We will never leave. Let's continue. And they too went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together, and smote the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over, and Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you, before I be taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so to you. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked. Yes, sir. There are people that are missing some of the sweetest fellowship possible. 
in this earth in these days because they're refusing to help. Elisha is walking. You have to understand, he's looking at losing his service, his job. A lot of people would have been looking at wanted ads. Who needs help? You know, have experience as a uh, prophet's aide. He refused. He refused. And here, yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> if he had not refused to leave, he's still refusing to choose himself. He's still refusing to put his things before, yes, sir, the Lord's things through Elijah. And because he is, he's now in the place where he can ask. He's now in the place where he can walk and talk with Elijah for his last moments upon this earth in this time and, and in that way. And it said, Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And he went back and he stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters. And he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted here and there. And Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Thank you, Lord. Go with me in closing. I believe, to 2 Kings, the third chapter, and verse 11. There's no sweeter counsel than what we just read. And this is, there are many, shall I say that now? Yes, sir. There have been many ministries that have been exterminated because apart from the Lord's direction, they have transplanted themselves and they did not stay where God had planted them. So they didn't grow in the place he intended and their transplant exterminated that very ministry. Not us speaking to the right people, not us. We will help whom God has called us to help in the way he has called us to by the helping of the Holy Spirit and it will be the most excellent help upon the earth by His wonderful goodness. And it will cause us to be some of the most prepared people in the earth, ready for good works. And when the day comes that our elders have to go forward and it's time for someone else to take upon the work, we'll be ready. And in that moment, Hallelujah. God will be able to help through us.
And that's, yes, that's for another time. Let's look here. Verse 11 of chapter 3. It said, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. What is he being known for? What's the remarkable thing? He's, they're talking to a king of prominent nation that needs direction. And they said, this one, we can talk to him. This, this one here. Yeah. Let me read it again so we see it clearly. One of the, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Yeah, he's the one that poured water on Elijah's hands. That is not the most remarkable thing you can say about someone. Oh, what did they do? Oh, yeah, they're that hand washer. They're the... What was he doing year upon year as a help to this man that came before him? Willing to wash his hands. Willing to do some simple, practical things that did what? That helped. And if you and I are not faithful in helping in washing of hands, we're not faithful in the prophet's ministry either. And this is why many have been ill-prepared, because they've been unfaithful when it's come to how to help. But you and I, we are finding our way, and we are some of the most faithful help in this earth by the goodness of God. Now, there's much more to see here. Be praying and believing God with us that we continue to see this right, continue to get this out in the right way, because there's much more to see. This is what this world is longing for, to find faithful ones in the earth. And that's us. We love you, friends. That's all for this. We'll unhook here for, for this time, and we will see you all soon. Bless you.